1: There's God's way, and then there's some other way. There's God's design, and then there's some other design. God had commanded the people to be fruitful and multiply and scatter across the earth. Nimrod wanted them in his cities and under his control. Nimrod was the first global dictator. His name means we shall rebel. It is a name we will explore today
0: here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely and online at Highlands.us. Welcome to our program. Today, we turn our attention back to Genesis chapter 11, and we'll focus in on this man named Nimrod and the Tower of Babel and the significance of all of that and how it plays into our lives today. Here's Pastor
1: Layton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. From beginning to end, Genesis is the story of God's sovereign will and grace. People made mistakes and even tried intentionally to thwart God's plans, but whenever God resisted, whenever people resisted God's rule, he overruled them and established his purposes anyway. Sometimes I'm asked the question, is God sovereign or Does mankind have a free will? And the question itself is problematic because the answer is an and. God is sovereign and mankind does have a free will and we are held responsible for the decisions that we make. The first 11 chapters explain how things were designed by God to be and why they are as they are. In Genesis chapter 1, we took a look at the creation account and we contrasted it with the theory of evolution. Evolution is a direct assault on the credibility of the Bible because if you can't believe the first five words, in the beginning God created, how can you believe anything thereafter? So it is a direct assault on the credibility of the Bible. Evolutionists would say, follow the science, but they don't really mean that because true science is based on scientific method and observation. And true science contradicts the fundamental assumptions upon which the theory of evolution is built. For instance, the laws of thermodynamics thoroughly contradict the theory of evolution and support the creation account. There was one who was present to observe the creation of the universe. I'm, of course, speaking of God, but his testimony has been thrown out by some scientists who try to find some other explanation for how this this world came into existence as interrelated as it is. In chapter 2, the Bible focuses on the creation of mankind, and it tells us that God created two genders and made the decision who would be what. God made them male and female. Both are made in the image of God. Each has a specific role, and the combination of these scriptural doctrines are the basis for the design of God's mar- uh, God's design for marriage and family. One man, one woman, one flesh, one lifetime. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible reveals the root of sin, which is rebellion against God by believing a lie about God. The reason Satan was able to influence Adam and Eve not to trust and obey was by injecting a false notion that God is not good all the time. The reason that this world is filled with death and disease and violence and broken relationships and theft and lying and corruption and discontentment and whatever else is because things are not as God designed them to be. When God created everything, He said it was good. Mankind's rejection of God's design did not end with eating of the forbidden fruit in the garden, as we've seen chapter after chapter reveals mankind's choice to contradict God's design. In chapter 4, the Bible reveals the fruit of sin. Chapter 3, the root of sin. Chapter 4, the fruit of sin. And one of the purposes we find in Scripture, one of the purposes God created marriage and family was to raise godly children. And the first family failed to do that. Cain murdered Abel, his brother, over a religious difference. We find in Scripture that Abel's godly testimony caused Cain such offense and anger that Cain decided to silence Abel's testimony by silencing Abel. But his effort failed. Abel's blood cried out from the ground. God gave Cain the opportunity to confess and repent, but instead Cain chose to wander away from God and any relationship with God. We found later in that same chapter that Cain's descendants followed that same path of setting aside God's design by redefining marriage and escalating vengeance and violence to something that they boasted about. In chapter 5, the Bible reveals another son given to Eve named Seth, and Seth's descendants are identified as distinct and in contrast to Cain's descendants who were known for increase in material, arts, and technology. Seth's descendants, instead, are identified by their worship of God. They called upon the name of the Lord. <clears throat> now, eventually, eventually, Seth's descendants were lured into Cain's way of life, and God brought judgment upon the world. Uh, Chapters 6-9 through tell the story of Noah and the flood and includes God's design for civil government. If a man sheds innocent blood, by man shall his blood be shed. And so the principle of God's design for government is that it exists to protect and serve the people. To protect and serve the people. How long does it take mankind to get things messed up again? Not very long. One chapter in the Bible, God's design for government was turned upside down and backward in the design for Nimrod's Babylon, where instead the people exist to serve and protect the government, instead of the government existing to protect and serve the people. You notice how many times in a very few chapters that God established his design and mankind contradicted it. Chapter 10 answers the question of where the nations came from, where they were all originally family clans who descended from uh, Noah's family. So in spite of whatever external differences we may have, all of the people of all of the world belong to the same human family. We're all of one blood, as it's described in Acts chapter 17. There's only one race, the human race. And so no race can claim to be superior to any other. All of the billions of people who live in the world today or who have ever lived are all one family. We are all related. We're all cousins. Remember, when we covered this part, we took a moment and said, Howdy, cousin. How you doing? (laughs) The Apostle Paul mentioned this in his sermon recorded for us in Acts chapter 17. He preached, From one man he, God, made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Notice he said God did this so that men would seek him. God wants us to seek him. And so what we have in chapter 10, this table of nations is in response to God's charge to Noah and his family to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The problem that is revealed in chapter 11 is that people don't want to follow God's design. They want to be fruitful and multiply and fill the cities rather than filling the earth. Now, you may recall when we were in chapter 10, I noted something in verse 5, and there's two other places where it's alluded to as well. In chapter 5, verse 5 says, From these, the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. And so this verse, verse 5 in chapter 10 says, Each with his own language. But the first verse of chapter 11 says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And so the events in chapter 11 occurred, probably occurred prior to those in chapter 10 and that the scattering described in chapter 10 is the consequence of God's judgment at Babel recorded for us in chapter 11. The story is to is told to explain how people came to speak different languages and be scattered all over the earth. Now, this reversed order chronologically uh, is a way of explaining how absurd it is to attempt to defy God, because the results of that are given before uh, the description of, of, of what was attempted. The plan to contradict God's design failed. It was unsuccessful. Now, you'll notice I have said a phrase several times because I want us to understand this concept. By God's design, God's design, God's design. Another way of saying it is God's way, doing it God's way, doing it God's way. There's God's way, and then there's some other way. There's God's design, and then there's some other design. God had commanded the people to be fruitful and multiply and scatter across the earth. Nimrod wanted them in his cities and under his control. Nimrod was the first global dictator. His name means, we shall rebel. And that only, not only describes him, but it also describes the city of Babel that he founded as well. Throughout scripture, Babylon became representative of human pride and godlessness that attracts the judgment of God. Now, the Tower of Babel was likely a ziggurat, uh, a name given to the sacred towers of the Mesopotamian uh, region. And from archaeological excavations and documents of the time, we have a good idea of what they looked like. They were huge structures, usually square, sometimes rectangular consisting of several blocks or stories, the size of each story being less than the one below it. And staircases or ramps, staircases or ramps were attached to the sides for access up and down. And it's probable that there was a small shrine on top. Um, One of the descriptions we have indicates that at least one of these ziggurats was almost 300 feet tall, almost 30 stories tall. Those are massive structures uh, for civilization at that time. The structure in the city here were called Babel or Babylon, which means the gate of the gods. Now, the tower here should be regarded as religious because the Bible traces all false religions back to Babylon. And this is the only element in the description of early Babylon that can have this meaning. This was really a project of a declaration of war against the Lord for a number of reasons. First off, the people were resisting God's edict to scatter and repopulate the earth. Perhaps they were motivated by fear. We know that they were motivated by pride, but they decided to build a city and a ziggurat in order to stay together and make a name for themselves so that others would admire them and perhaps want to come and join them. And they had a number of things in their favor. They were truly a United Nations.
0: Well, there is danger in all of that as we will go on to see next time here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, the ministry of Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Questions about today's program? Maybe you'd like to review today's message or a past program. It's all available on our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You'll also find out a bit more about us here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Who we are, what we believe, our worship times, directions to where we worship, and our location. Again, it's all at highlands.us. Tomorrow, back into Genesis chapter 11 and the Tower of Babel. Join us then for study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely.